0: And welcome to episode three of The Amp, the regular podcast from Ampere Analysis bringing you the latest business insights, talking points and research from industry experts in the global media landscape. In this episode, Research Director Richard Broughton is joined by Guy Bisson, Richard Cooper and Lottie Towler. Guy will begin by taking us through some of the latest developments and news in the media sector, touching on the pandemic's effect on theatrical, trade shows and production, before explaining some of the recent implications of the boom in video-on-demand services. Then, Richard Cooper explains how the current situation is shaping what's being commissioned, taking us through how the shift away from scripted content is shaping commissioner's production slates. Finally, Lottie Taylor explores consumer demand and title popularity, outlining Ampere's latest research on Google search trends, breaking down that analysis by both genre and market. You can subscribe to The Amp on Acast or find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To keep up to date with the latest industry analysis, stay ahead of the curve with The Amp Podcast.
1: Hi, this is Richard Broughton and welcome to the latest episode of the AMP podcast. I'm going to be talking to my colleagues Guy Glisson, Richard Cooper, and Lottie Towler today about some of the latest trends and themes in the media market. First up, I'm going to be talking with Guy about some of the latest news and trends affecting the media sector throughout the current pandemic. Um, Guy, what are the latest themes that you've seen in the last week in the news?
2: Well, I think it's important to state up front that the news flow related to COVID-19 is beginning to slow. And I think um, that's perhaps indicative of a shift in the right direction. Slightly more negative, however, is that I think it's very clear now that the impact of this virus is going to be felt in the industry well into Q3 and possibly knocking on the door of Q4. Starting with Theatrical, we've seen a number of developments this week. AMC Theatres in the US has been downgraded by Wall Street analysts over liquidity fears. And I'm sure, as anyone in business can imagine, when you have to rent so many premium spaces, cash flow could become a problem. We've also seen a number of key releases pushed in the theatrical window rather than moved to PVOD. But on the positive side for PVOD, Trolls World Tour from Universal has reportedly broken opening weekend revenue records. So
1: it's it's not just theatrical that's been been affected by the social distancing and isolation rules, but we're seeing knock-on effect in, I suppose, any any sector that's exposed to large numbers of consumers visiting on site, um, e- even the, the trade space. Have there been any more developments in terms of some of the, the big media markets and trade shows?
2: Yes, a number of developments for trade shows and particularly some of the markets, which I think will impact the industry heavily. So the Cannes Film Festival, which had already been postponed and rearranged for June, July, has been postponed again. And that follows announcements from the French government that large gatherings will be banned well into June, July, despite the lifting of some restrictions in that country. We've also seen the cancellation of a key children's market, the Annecy Film Festival, the Animation Film Festival. And in sports, the Tour de France has just been cancelled. But in a rather amusing twist, WWE wrestling in Florida has been granted essential business status to allow them to continue filming. Those events are taking place behind closed doors with minimum crew, however. So most of the news
1: from the the sector has been fairly bad news, I suppose, for the the, the, the industry as a whole. But um, I think streaming is one of the few areas that's actually seeing a bit of a, a boom at the moment. Um, and there have been a few new launches and milestones over the last week or two. What can you tell us about the latest in the streaming sector?
2: Certainly reports suggest that the streaming boom is continuing. And I think that has to be expected with everyone locked at home a number of streaming players are beginning to implement initiatives to encourage more engagement and more subscriber uptake with a particular focus on offering children's content. So we've seen moves from Discovery and from YouTube this week to offer a lot of content for free. With the recent launch of Quibi, the Jeffrey Katzenberg straight-to-mobile short-form platform, has also seen very strong uptake and downloads of its application. Although also in a rather interesting twist, Quibi is reportedly fast-tracking technology that will allow it to cast content to a large screen television set. And that, of course, is influenced by the fact that nobody is actually on the move at the moment, and thus the -the on-the-go mobile access becomes rather less of a unique selling point for that platform. Picking up on on Quibi for a a second or two,
1: what's your view in terms of what's happening in the production market? Because as I understand it, Quibi has a lot of snackable, but also some titles that have quite rapid um, turnaround, they're quite topical. Presumably they, like many of the other broadcasters in the market, are going to be at some point over the next few months feeling the production shortage.
2: I think any production that involves people coming together is going to be challenged well into Q3 and possibly beyond. And that is going to be a problem, not just for the likes of Quibi, but for all of the streaming platforms and, of course, linear broadcasters and channels as they move into their summer and autumn filming seasons. Thanks very much, Guy. That's that's interesting. I'm going to pick
1: up on that uh, last point, actually, um, with uh, our next panellist, Richard Cooper, who's been looking at how broadcasters have been filling the gaps in their programming site, and in particular, looking at titles that have been produced, aimed at understanding what's going on with the pandemic, Richard. Um, we heard last week from your colleague, Fred, about what's happening more broadly with commissioning activity, but you've been looking more specifically at what is getting made, particularly around the the, the pandemic. What can you tell us about what you've, you've found so far?
3: So in terms of titles which are being commissioned, we have to be clear that uh, there has been a, a drop-off in terms of the number of new TV shows uh, being commissioned, but there's still quite a considerable volume uh, being produced. So uh, through March and into April, we've seen sort of around 500 titles uh, being commissioned, uh, about 420 of those uh, were commissioned in March. Now, that is a little bit of a drop off from the, the sort of average of about 500 per month that we, we generally see uh, being announced. But overall, uh, that isn't uh, too much of a decline. So uh, for the first week in April, we've seen uh, just over 80 titles uh, being commissioned. And that would suggest that there's going to be a further drop off through, uh, through that month. But even so, there's still quite a large number of titles still being commissioned. The biggest impact really has come from, or rather, has hit the uh, the scripted shows. So we've seen a halving really in, in the volume of scripted shows that would normally uh, be produced. Now, uh, in terms of genres, it's obviously those those scripted genres which are, are hardest hit. Shows that are focused around um, sort of news and current affairs, reality, uh, entertainment, and documentary. Uh, type shows they've continued to be uh, commissioned at the similar rate to what we saw prior to the lockdown. In fact, uh, one of the major um, shifts that we have seen, though, is uh, a reduction in, in co-productions, which I, I, I guess are more uh, accurately described as uh, co-commissions. So uh, you know, those have uh, dropped away uh, quite considerably. And in terms of the the country of origin for a lot of these titles, we're still seeing volumes of titles coming from uh, the usual suspects. So uh, the USA, the UK and, uh, and indeed China. Now China in terms of commissioning through the, the pandemic is, is actually quite interesting. We saw increases in uh, January, February um, from uh, Chinese commission. Now these are all titles moving into to early development, so script development rather than production. The only downturn that we've seen is actually uh, occurred uh, over the course of March, where we've seen a, a drop off of around 20% from the Chinese titles. So that might be a sort of a latent impact of the uh, of the virus itself.
1: I want to on. pick up on something that you you mentioned before around the differences um, in. Scripted versus unscripted commissioning, Um, and certainly I know from looking at some of your data in the past, European broadcasters have always had a a much stronger skew to unscripted content than than many of their big US counterparts. Has this drop-off in scripted content shifted the balance in terms of who's commissioning the greatest volume of content right now?
3: So, in terms of who's commissioning the greatest volume, it it continues to be the uh, the larger producers. What we have seen, however, is um, a shift away from uh, sort of conventional titles towards uh, more titles, which have a very distinctive um, sort of COVID-19 theme to them. And in fact, of those uh, 420 titles commissioned in March, um, just over 90 of them were specifically about COVID-19. And we've seen a a further 40 of those titles commissioned already uh, in the first part of April. A lot of those are coming from uh, the European broadcasters, and that's what's been sort of maintaining the, the relative weight of, uh, of commissions. But the you know, one of the key themes uh, from those uh, specific COVID-19 type titles um, is that they are almost uh, sort of universally uh, short form. They are frequently sort of specials or, or one-offs. None of them are, are genuinely intended to sort of survive longer uh, than the pandemic itself. In, in fact, most of them tend towards uh, sort of being either a very short run or or indeed just a sort of single production.
1: In terms of some of the, the countries that are commissioning these topical pieces, do you see the same sort of regional mix? Are there specific countries that are leading uh, the charge on, on on these specials and one-offs?
3: So in, in terms of which countries are uh, commissioning the most, we see um, sort of the, the usual uh, sort of sp- suspects from the European perspective, UK, France, Germany. and um, the UK um, is is leading the pack um, largely uh, by producing, you know, what, uh, what the UK always produces, which is a large amount of uh, documentary titles and uh, a large amount of reality titles. Um, and in fact, most of those documentaries have come from, or rather being commissioned by uh, a single broadcaster, Channel Four uh, in the UK uh, is responsible for 11 of those titles. So if we start to remove some of, those, uh, sort of docu- that, that usual fare, um, shall we say from the UK slate it's actually germany that comes to the fore in terms of uh, the volume of titles uh, that are being commissioned so uh, sort of 37 so far compared to uh, the uk's 39 um, but what's interesting about germany is the the volume and, and scope of the titles which uh, which have been commissioned um, the majority of them uh, as you'd expect are entertainment titles so you know, very much focused uh, around uh, sort of particularly sort of a replacement really for uh, for chat shows, but there's a a heavy sort of theme of of musicians recording or uh, performing from their own homes in their own uh, sort of home studios and that being broadcast. Um, interestingly, perhaps for uh, for Germany. Uh, their second largest category is in fact comedy. Uh, they've got around five uh, comedy titles that they are producing at the moment and um, they're all of the COVID-19 uh, titles that is. Um, they are almost unanimously uh, romantic comedies focusing on uh, people's relationships and um, through the lockdown. So uh, it's, it's uh, couples that uh, were separating and are now forced to stay together or indeed and um, sort of couples who've been forced apart by the lockdown itself. So that's one of the sort of themes that are coming out there. But they've also been at the forefront of commissioning uh, scripted content uh, through the pandemic as well. So uh, even last week, we had no uh, scripted commissions uh, that we've been uh, able to record. Uh, over the course of the last week, we've now got uh, seven in the pipeline. Uh, Germany is responsible for for four of those.
1: So I'm, just, I'm just going to pick up on that um, point, Richard, and perhaps turn to our, our next guest, um, Lottie, because it, it strikes me that some of these or a lot of these productions are productions of necessity as opposed to meeting active consumer demand. And I know, Lottie, you've been looking at what consumers have actually been searching for in terms of their TV preferences. Um, What have you seen over the last month or so in your research as markets go through these lockdown processes?
4: Um, Yeah, so first of all, just kind of going back a little bit, we've seen sort of worldwide a massive increase in demand. Um, To kind of quantify this, um, we looked at some search volume analysis just for people searching for Netflix to get an idea. Um, Of this. So, worldwide relative search volumes for Netflix in the past few weeks are double what they were pre COVID 19. Um, And this increase does sort of vary market to market, um, with sort of lower increases in markets such as the UK and the US, um, places which have sort of high Netflix penetration. Um, But on the other hand, Italy and Spain, which have sort of lower Netflix penetration, have seen consumer engagement. And this metric increased sort of threefold or more, Um, and this is still trending upwards. Um, What we've seen in terms of sort of genres that are in demand at the moment, um, we've seen quite a lot of interest in sort of drama, comedy, and romance. So generally softer genres, um, but also crime and thriller content has proved popular. Out of the sort of top thirty titles that appeared in Netflix's top tens over the past week across sixty markets, these genres were the most most popular. Um, Crime and Thriller actually made up about a third of these titles, um, sort of with new seasons released from popular shows such as Money Heist and Ozark featuring in this category.
1: So that sounds slightly like business is normal, that consumers are, are watching the latest titles that Netflix is releasing on, on the platform. Um, have you seen any particular changes in terms of the genres of shows or the types of shows that consumers are, are looking for? As I know that's been a focus of your research.
4: Um, yeah, so we've actually seen some some differences when we sort of look at it on sort of a more market by market basis. So in English speaking markets um, like the UK, the US and Australia, search volume analysis of different TV genres show that consumer ba- behaviours are actually changing quite a lot in terms of content preferences. These markets are showing sort of disproportionate increases in terms of relative search volumes. certain genres um, when comparing the lockdown period to sort of the preceding year and sort of these markets are favouring sort of drama and romance as well as comedy and thriller but on the other hand we're seeing that sort of much much lower or even sort of negative um, percentage changes in sort of um, genres like sci-fi and horror which was lower than average so um, sort of initially we did see Some sort of topical pandemic content that was trending about a month ago at the sort of start of lockdown and social distancing measures. Consumers in these markets now seem to be seeking out sort of feel good content during this time. Interest in documentary titles as well in the UK and Australia, which is normally quite a popular genre. Um, have also have also seen quite a decrease um, compared to pre-lockdown, as consumers kind of favour escapism over factual content.
1: Now that's um, that's quite interesting, just just comparing to what um, Richard mentioned in terms of the the unscripted commissions taking over effectively from scripted commissions, because it suggests to some extent that the um, the German strategy of commissioning comedy content, uh, even and under perhaps more challenging production times maybe more appropriate to what consumers are looking for than perhaps pure documentaries, which appears to be um, the Channel 4 strategy at the moment. And is, is that universal across across the markets that you've been looking at? What Do you, do you see different trends in some of the perhaps more heavily locked down markets?
4: Um, yeah, we are. So we sort of looked at some key European markets as well. So France, Spain, Germany, and Italy. And in these markets, there's actually a much more sort of uniform increase in genres across the board. So there's still like a, you know, really big increase in sort of sci-fi content. Um, And it's just a lot more consistent to, you know, the sort of content preferences they were displaying pre-lockdown, just sort of seeing an increase with sort of just increased demand for content.
1: So it's elevated across the board. Do you, is there, What about documentaries in those markets? Is that up as well, or, or or do we see a similar sort of trend to the
4: UK and US? There, there has been an increase in documentary, um, not as much as some other genres. So people um, still sort of favouring um, more escapism over factual content.
1: Thank you very much, Lottie. That was very interesting. That brings this edition of The Amp to a close. I hope you found it interesting and useful, and I do hope you'll join us for next week's show.